Hi, this is Grant Herbert. I'm just an ordinary guy with an outstanding wife and five amazing kids who is on his own journey of imperfection. Welcome to this week's episode of The People Builder. Do you find that the team that you're working in is not the same one that you joined? Are you confused by all the changes that keep going on and the relationships that grow or don't grow? Well, stick with me because in this week's episode, I'm going to help you to understand why and how to change things. Hi, this is Grant Herbert, Emotional Intelligence Speaker and Trainer of the Year and Master Coach Trainer. And today I want to continue our conversation around teamwork and collaboration by helping you to embrace team evolution. Last week, we started this conversation around teamwork and collaboration, one of the most important competencies in the relationship management quadrant of social and emotional intelligence. We looked at the fact that teams are made up of individuals and those individuals coming together bring their own strengths and uncertainties and that can create some challenges, but also help a team to get the outcome that it was put together for. We talked about establishing charters and creating a sticky team. And we understood that teams evolve. So what I want to do this week is help you to understand the evolution of a team so that you can have a look at the team that you're in and you can go, where are we? And anticipate some things that might be coming ahead or make some changes so that you can actually have a team that you want to be in and that works together to get the result that you want. You see, the world changes. So everything within it, it's inevitable that it needs to change as well. And your team is no different. I remember being in many teams over the years where the team was put together for a particular reason and it all of a sudden seemed like we were going off the rails. And it wasn't giving me the certainty that I had when I started in that team. When you put the collective uncertainties of individual team members together, this can create problems and stagnate the team, can even take it off the rails. So by embracing the fact that just like conflict is inevitable, as we talked about weeks ago, so too is the changing of a team through its evolution. Now, it's not good or bad, right or wrong, but what it does is gives the team a different purpose. It is at a different stage. And by embracing this, instead of fighting against it, we can still remain as an effective member of a team that actually produces the results that you want it to produce. To help us to understand this, I'm going to unpack Tuckman's model back in 1965 and put some nuances on that in my own experience as well. However, I don't believe in reinventing the wheel, so this is a great model to give us some context and a framework to look at and a lens for us to investigate where our team is very successfully. So let's have a look at the evolution stages of a team and then see how you can use that 
to increase the teamwork and collaboration at your workplace. Number one is forming. So it stands to reason that when a team didn't exist, it has to form. And this is where individuals are plucked from different places and they're put together to form a collective. This is a very scary time for a lot of people and it's a very important time in respect of the success of that team moving forward. The team comes together and people meet each other. People experience those first impressions. They make up ideas around each team member based on their own lens that they navigate the earth with. People find out what people's opinions are, what their strengths are. They are wary and some people hold back and don't give them whole self to the team yet because they're not sure whether or not there's trust. So this is the early evolutionary stage of a team. It's just getting started. So to have an expectation that a team at this stage would be producing high-level results is very naive. The goal of a forming team is to first do exactly that, and that's to come together, to create a team that then can work together. In this early stage of evolution, it's a great opportunity to bring in things like a team charter to work out, as we talked about last week, what's important to the individuals in that team and therefore have a structure that says this is the way we are going to work together. In that forming stage, it's also the great opportunity to build individual relationships. Remember last week, I said quite controversially that there are eyes in team because a team is not a thing on its own. It's a formation of individuals coming together. So one of the greatest things that you can do as you form a team is to give space and an environment for the team to get to know each other and not on a superficial or task-oriented level, but a little bit deeper than that so that people can understand and empathize and therefore work with each other in a collaborative way in the early stages. So that's the first stage of a team. It's forming. Number two is storming. Now, it's inevitable that every team that's going to ever do anything is going to go into this stage. So we have started to form a team. But in doing that, now we're realizing that everybody's got their own view on things, they've got their own opinions, they've got their own strengths, and they've got their own areas of development. There's blind spots and all these things that we've talked about in human behavior. So it's inevitable that there's going to be some early conflicts. There's going to be some butting of heads. There's going to be some territorial claims and some behavior that comes from the internal uncertainties that people are facing individually. Being able to stamp your authority, being able to make sure that you do belong and that others like you, all these things that are the basis of 
human behavior come into this storming phase. However, in this phase as well, as all these egos come together, this is the time when the team brainstorms, where they, through those challenges that they're experiencing, they come together and they work out a plan as to how this team is going to go forward and actually produce the results that it wants to produce. So if we look at this stage of evolution in a different light, we can see that this little bit of conflict and these different ideas and opinions are actually valuable because if only one person, you, had to make all the decisions and bring everything to do what that team was put together to do, then there's no use putting together a team. It's not necessary. So the storming phase gives us an opportunity to work out the rough edges and to come together and go, this is it. We're going to go forward together and this is what we're going to achieve. By having that team charter that we talked about last week, it enables this stage to be healthy because we've got a document that we can go back to and go, hey, is this behavior that we're experiencing in this team what we agreed that we were going to do? And instead of talking to an individual, we're talking to a document. So it's taking that personality out of it. It's taking that sense of wrong that someone said something about me out of it. Now, the maturity of members within the team will directly determine as to whether the team ever moves out of this stage. And I've worked with many teams that when I got there had been in this storming stage for a very long time because the differences weren't worked out. People's agendas were self-centered. They weren't collective and working as a team. There was no trust. There was no unity. People were just fighting and the conflict was not resolved. So whilst this stage in a team's evolution can be very challenging, it's the most critical time for that team to come together, to work out its differences and to get ready for what's ahead. So that's the second stage of evolution, storming. Number three is norming. This is a stage where eventually the teams get to, if they get through the storming stage, where things tend to just level out. People have worked out their differences, or most of them anyway, and they start working together. They adjust to the individual behaviors of each other, and they work out a way to actually work together. Team members often get into this stage and navigate this stage by having those values and rules out in front of them. And they work together on things that they agree on. However, one of the challenges of this stage is that creativity can be lost. So it's now something that's just happening. It's very matter of fact-ish. We know what we do. We know what our roles are. Yes, there's still the occasional conflict, but we're just getting on with getting on with what we're supposed to be doing. And this, although has a lot of benefit because there's not as much conflict, etc., it can actually create a stagnation as well. So in this norming stage, we need to recognize that a different idea or a little tweak and adjustment every now and then is actually healthy. 
that it's not a position where we've just gone, you know what, I'm just going to agree to disagree and move forward, get my job done. Because what that creates is a individual mentality once again. So we went through the forming stage, we got into the storming and that seemed all exciting and we got a, a bit of conflict and we moved forward from that. But when we get to this norming stage, we also need to be careful that we're not just turning up. So that's the third stage, which is norming. Number four is performing. Some teams, but sadly not all of them, will reach this stage. This is a stage where there's a high level of trust. There's a high level of performance and we are actually moving forward and achieving results every day. We found out ways of moving through conflict and smoothing things over. We actually let go of past hurts and we just agree to move forward. And we look at the team and the team's goal with a mindset of unity. There's no silos. People are working together, not just focused on their own stuff, but how can I help you? And the team actually performs the task that they were actually put together for. This is a stage where teams go from being independent to interdependent. So it's that all for one and one for all. And the individual strengths and areas for development of every individual comes together in a cohesive and sticky team. People are more competent in their roles and conflict is actually expected. It's not something to be feared because there's a structure and a system within the team to move through it quickly and to learn from it and to take those lessons into a more cohesive, collaborative team moving forward. The performing team is the goal of every team that's formed. But as I said, sadly, not all teams will reach this stage. Perhaps you're in a team now which is still stuck in storming or it's in norming and you really want it to be a performing team. A team that's performing is not just good for the team. It's great for every individual within the team. No one left behind a well-oiled team that still has differences but knows how to use those differences for the greater good. So that's the fourth stage, which is performing. Number five is reforming. Particularly in today's fast-paced, ever-changing world, a team that started out for a particular purpose may need to shift and indeed not just reform, but it might actually be disbanded. It might adjourn and be put aside and individuals from that team could be taken and put in other teams. And this is something that creates a lot of uncertainty and a lot of upheaval in organizations because people go, I have an identity in a team. I now have to find a new identity. So therefore, the behavior that comes out might be one of anxiety, uncertainty. And the internal dialogue says things like, oh, no, now I've got to go and go through that forming stage and that storming stage and etc. Again, there's a change in relationships. And sometimes those relationships are lost because it was only that team that brought those people together. 
So the first thing we need to do is look at a reforming team in a more positive light. Our mindset needs to be one that says this is an opportunity, not a challenge. This isn't a problem because one of the things that people do is they look for blame. They go, whose fault is it that this team is not staying together? Now, the reforming of a team can happen as simply as one person leaving that team. Now, what happens most of the time then is someone else is brought into that team to take that person's place. So now we've got a situation where we've got a team with an outsider coming in and we've got an outsider going into an unfamiliar team. So what happens now is that team needs to reform and it needs to go back to the basis of team evolution of the forming stage. So reforming is all about taking what was formed and renovating that, changing that, and that's going to happen when new people come in. Another reason why teams reform is the focus of the team, the actual task that that team is put together for. Shifting tides in what an organization is doing means that teams that we had may no longer meet the objectives of the organization as a whole. So now the role of that team could shift. Therefore, there's more uncertainty that can come in there. So that's the fifth stage, which is reforming. So there you have it, five stages of evolution of a team. And what I want us to really focus on here is that evolution is a good thing. We start in the forming stage and we evolve to become the team that we need to become. As individuals, we are different when we got in the team to when we hit that performing stage. We need to understand that although I've presented a linear timeline of team evolution, it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes teams are in storming from day one. So there's no ever formation of a team. It just starts in conflict. Sometimes we might just about get to the performing stage and then something happens, something changes, and we need to reform. Other times we go in and out of different stages of evolution. So there's no linear, perfect way of forming the team. But what this framework allows us to do is stop right now and go, what stage is my team in right now and why? By looking at this, we can look at whether that's a good thing or whether there's things that we might want to change. We might want to shift. What do we need to do to go to that next stage? Have we just got to the norming stage where we just turn up every day and we greet each other at the water bubbler, but we're not really performing as a team? What I challenge you to do is have a talk to the people that are in your team. Share this information with them and have a look at where you are and where you want to go next. Well, that's it from me for another week. Join me again next week as we continue this conversation around teamwork and collaboration by unpacking the four pillars of teamwork. I'll see you then. Well, hey, did you like that? Did you get something out of that that you can use in your life right now? I really hope that you did. If you like this episode, why not share it on your social media and head over to my website, grantherbert.com 
where you can register to join the conversation. So until next time, stay safe, enjoy being who it is that you were created to be without worrying what others expect you to be. I'll see you then.